hello, hello. You are tuned into Patrick Young and the Rowdies. I'm your host, Gator basketball great Patrick Young, currently stationed across the Atlantic Ocean in Athens, Greece, here to give you all things Florida basketball and more. First, I want to thank you. Wherever you are from the bottom of my heart, it means so much to me that the folks from the field of 68 Media that have made this podcast possible. If you could please do us a favor as we walk this journey together by hitting the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform for the podcast you're using, it will be greatly appreciated. And without further ado, let's get to the show. I'm so excited to have the head ball coach, Coach Mike White, join us today as we get geared up for this upcoming season. Coach, how are you doing down in Gainesville? Pat, I'm doing awesome, man. Great to see you. You know, we uh we're, we're doing well. We had a good practice this morning. If you had a little bit of eligibility left, we would have been a little bit better, of course. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I wish I could join you. I wish I could get a chance to, to get in that fast-paced offense and just get, get up and down there with, with you. You know, uh, how, you been, how have you been adjusting to, uh, you know, the pandemic and COVID stuff? And I, I'm sure it's been some unforeseen challenge you couldn't even imagine. Yeah, it's been, it's been nuts, and, and, and obviously with all the, uh, the, the social issues in the country and now with uh, election, it's just crazy, crazy times. Um, dramatic night last night, you know, to say the least, as we're all uh, following it and covering it, and, and we went this morning at 7, and it took a little bit of time to get our guys uh, really going. But uh, we're in the same situation as everybody else, you know, everyone in the country right. and, and everyone in college basketball. And, um, you know, I always tell people, it, it, we could have felt sorry for ourselves when we we're in pregame meal, we're preparing to play in the SEC tournament and what seed are you going to be in in the NCAA tournament and, and can you make a run and finally get it right, you know, as, as we did in the first 30 minutes of our last home game and played really, really well, couldn't hold on. And what kind of run can we make in the tournament? There's no tournament. You're, you're done. And there's no, there's no yeah. finish to it. And it was so odd and it was such a depressing feeling. And then – and then you realize that, that, that Sully and Jenny and some of these other coaches on campus had arguably the best teams in the country. Um, and it, it just goes so far beyond college basketball uh, into other sports and, and most importantly into the general population and society. And it's been nuts. But, you know, you try to take advantage. Some of the silver lining has been um, self-evaluation of, of, of everything in the program. Uh, our guys have been forced to communicate with one another because there's really nothing else to do. We have right. been all-American Zoom team. Um, <laughs> uh, we've done it as much as anyone, you know, again, because what else is there to do? Uh, we feel like we've strengthened relationships. Uh, we've learned a lot about each other. Uh, and again, just with uh, re-examining everything we do as a program on the court, off the court, in the locker room, in the film room, I feel like we're in a better place right now um, than we've been, uh, again, because there's been a lot of time on our hands. But I feel like that, that there's probably, Pat, a lot of programs that feel that way. I, I think we're going to see a high level of college basketball. I think the product on the floor um, is going to be a, a really high level this year. You know, I, I, bet, I bet staffs um, are, are more cohesive than ever. Um, coaches will be locked in. Uh, players are, are just geeked up for the opportunity to compete with someone else and get back to some normalcy. Um, college basketball is right around the corner. Absolutely. I mean, when your values and the things that you put value into are shaking, uh, it, it, it definitely uh, 
gives you so much more gratitude for those things. And I can only imagine how excited the guys are. I, I remember I was on campus with you guys January and February and uh, involved with Athens in Action, Kevin Sides. And I just remember one of the girls with the lacrosse um, going into her senior year, just how you know, the NCAA offered her another year of eligibility, but she had gotten into veterinarian school. So it was like, you know, I, I'd love to play another season, but you know, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. So you know, I, I can't imagine, especially being my, if it was my senior year, you know, the, the special team that we had, and then all of a sudden uh, that just being taken away, just, you know, because of coronavirus, something that no one could have ever, ever even fathomed that it would affect and ripple around the world in this manner that, you know, can't even play. And you know what's so crazy? Um, I started this this past season in Israel uh, with the team uh, Gilboa Galil in a very, very small town of Ganeir, Israel. Uh, it's about 30 minutes south of, of uh, Nazareth. And uh, little did I know, I wasn't really doing much on social media, but I, I saw Kerry Blackshear post something on, uh, on his Instagram. And I found out that way that we were going to be teammates. And I got a chance, such a, what a great dude. Quiet guy, awesome guy, quiet guy, but he is, he literally is, he puts his hard hat on, does what he needs to do every day. And I got a chance to talk to him about, you know, missing out on the tournament his last year and you know, definitely a little upset about it. But uh, something we all have to do in this time is just be able to, to, to move forward, look at the silver lining, double down on the, the assets that we have in life and just, just continue to, to move forward. But, Coach, I wanted to um, start this thing off talking about, for people that aren't Gator fans that don't know who you are, give us a quick little synopsis about how you got to where you are right now. Yeah, sure. And, Pat, if you don't mind, i got to circle back because you mentioned K.J. Blackshear. And whenever given the opportunity, I like to tell people that he was way out in front in terms of, you know, the, the, the guys that come to your mind – as your favorite two, three, four guys you've ever coached, he's in that category yeah. for sure. And Absolutely. and since you're you're friendly fire, you know you're a Gator. Uh, you're you're not uh, media media, right? So I, <laughs> no. I, can, I I can talk about this with you, but how about the fact that what's wrong with KJ Blackshear all year? You know what a disappointing season. He had a monster season for us. You know we we were very average uh, in so many categories. And, and he helped us hold it together, had great numbers, never had a bad practice, never sat out of a practice, never made excuses, never got caught up with the, I got to get my numbers because of the national uh, media, external noise. You know, he's supposed to be this, he's supposed to be that. We didn't do a good enough job around him, you know, so yeah. loved coaching him. Uh, simply, um, Pat, you know, I, I, I played at Ole Miss in this league and was a part of some, some really good teams, uh, coached by, by Rob Evans, who really resurrected the Ole Miss basketball program. First three um, at-large bids in school history uh, were my um, sophomore, junior, and senior years. Our senior year, we were coached by Rod Barnes after Coach Evans took off to Arizona State. Coach Barnes went on to become the, the national coach of the year a couple years after we graduated, but had a great experience there and went to Jacksonville State um, very much a learning experience under Mike LaPlante, uh, a great friend, a really young head coach who had just helped take Auburn uh, to the NCAA tournament as a number one seed. Um, I think he got that job at maybe 30. I was 23 as an assistant for him. I wish wow. I was a little bit older. I would have done a better job for him. We're still very, very close. And, and then I was called back to Ole Miss on my alma mater uh, for, by, by Rod uh, Barnes, who 
gave me an opportunity of a lifetime and uh, we couldn't we couldn't turn it we couldn't hold on so I've been fired before and we were fired as a staff and I was chasing guys to class and uh, looking for a job for a month you know calling everyone I knew in the business and and Kira and I had already had started having kids and young family and it was a it was trying times you know and you don't know what's uh what's around the corner and where, where you're gonna get your next check and uh, Andy Kennedy got the job and we went through a you know a couple week uh, courting process there uh, and he decided to retain. He kind of told me in passing as we were on a recruiting trip, like it wasn't a big deal. Um, you know, I'm going to start crying. I was so fired up immediately. Wow, that's awesome. I think I said I had to go to the bathroom. So I called my wife and, and get away and say, hey, 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 we got a job. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then we're there five years and went to some NITs and had some success, but uh, didn't quite break through uh, um, where, where you'd think you'd have to break through enough to get um, a bunch of options with head jobs. So I really didn't see it coming. And, and the athletic director at Louisiana Tech called out of the blue and um, uh, went through a quick process there, uh, was offered the job, um, hit an absolute grand slam, uh, just, just punched the right lottery ticket with, we, we took three high school seniors that spring, Pat. So this was May 1st, I got the job at Louisiana Tech and probably by about May, late May, May 20th, just making it up, we had signed Mike Kaiser, Speedy Smith, and Raheem Appleby. All three were four-year starters, three of the, probably three of the best 10 players in the history of the school. Speedy Smith led the nation in assists. Mike Kaiser led the nation in block shots. Um, we just had a really, really good class, and uh, it, it was a great experience. And then, you know, of course, we, we, uh, we had a chance, we won three championships in a row, and then I remember like it was, yesterday I was in the office in Ruston and I loved Louisiana Tech uh, my wife and kids alike and we were very comfortable I don't know that I would have ever left honestly if um, yeah. if Florida or you know there might have been another three or four schools who knows that that may have called to entice you to want to leave but we had we had turned down some high level lucrative opportunities at some big brand names and, and some incredible institutions and but we were just really happy where we were and you know the grass isn't always greener it's and, not. It is not. Yeah, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And we loved yeah. the team they had coming back, and um, we loved what we had built, uh, loved my guys. And I was watching the press conference. We were shocked to see Coach Donovan was leaving. I was always obviously very fond of Coach Donovan. And you guys, we had just watched you guys win about 100 games in a row, right? <laughs> in your year. Yeah, something um, like that. Goodness. Um, and, you know, he's off to the NBA. And I, I remember thinking for a split second, man, I wonder if, I wonder if they call, you know, if, if they call me Florida, probably have to do that one. You know, we probably, I have to tell Kira, and I wouldn't have to argue with her. She's born down here, family's yeah. down here, she's <laughs> sister's down here, parents down here. Um, and it was um, maybe that night, maybe the next night where Jeremy Foley called and, and it led to, you know, four or five conversations over the next few days. And, and they flew up and it has been a whirlwind since. Man, I, I remember um, there was some events happening on campus. I can't remember the exact, maybe the Alumni Center. And I got a chance to hear you talk about your hiring process. And Coach, I got to tell you, you are one of the most humble guys I've, I've ever met in my life. Uh, just the excitement, uh, the reverence that you have for the position and uh, how you share it with your family. Uh, was there, is there you know, the pedigree you have, the intelligence, the basketball knowledge, getting a chance to be around you. You know, a lot of people, fans don't get a chance to see what you do behind closed doors and how hard you work. Um, has there, and, and when I'm listening to you, 
uh, it was almost like, man, I don't deserve, it's almost as if I didn't deserve to be here. Has there ever been a time where you were just like, it clicked for you, like, I'm the guy, you know, I, you know, it, it's not, and it wasn't a linear path for me to get to this position, but it's, it's not by chance that I'm here, that I am in this position, getting a chance to coach uh, a great organization that Jeremy Foley, that is, who knows how many championships, I can't count, he has under his belt, that he placed you and decided it's not by chance that you are where you are. Oh, you're very kind, brother. Um, much respect. I, we, we've said it a thousand times. We just feel so blessed and fortunate to be here. You got to be kidding me. It's, it's what we sell to recruits every day. It's, it's one of the most unique places in the country. We're, we're, we're ranked now the, the sixth um, public academic institution in the country. We've got one of the best academic complexes for student athletes in the entire country. Uh, our arena now is just com completely revamped. It looks brand new. It's beautiful. Every every sport on this campus is competing for national championships. Oh, and by the way, every year, it's it's eighty degrees out without a cloud in the sky right now, <laughs> and I should be out there jogging. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back out there in a little bit. But it's just it's a beautiful place, a great place, fifty thousand, incredibly diverse. Uh, it's an awesome university and town and and place to raise our family and you know. You know, to answer your question, I, I don't know that you ever feel like, you know, I, I, I'm the guy and I deserve to be here. And I, I don't know that, that I'll really ever feel that way. And, and, you know, there might be another stop or two or three or four on the road for, uh, for um, myself and my family. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Who knows what, what's around the corner? But I'm not sure I'll feel different moving forward either. You know, you just you feel uh, fortunate to be at these places. Um, heck, I was... I would have I would have begged Billy D to come here and, and be his, uh, his his film coordinator, you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> and and now I'm sitting literally. I think this is the chair he sat in. It's just it's crazy. It's um it's something I'm not sure that will will ever fully sink in. Yeah, I think it's 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 awesome to have that consistent uh, amount of hunger, a healthy hunger that continues to drive you and in. The aspect, I've been around you for a little bit. I wouldn't say I've gotten a chance to spend a great amount of time, but the sample size that I've gotten from you, Coach, I got to say, you're an everyday guy. Positive, passionate, consistent, and I know human nature, or as ability would say, human, human nature sometimes yeah. <laughs> forgets, his, forgets his ages. Uh, and I got a chance to ask you this um, on the sideline before, in between practices. You know, what is your why? What keeps you what what keeps you motivated and to stay consistent and continue to push? Because it's it's so easy to get relaxed and to say, I made it or I've accomplished something. So now I can, you know, put my feet up a little bit and, and just allow what's gonna happen gonna happen instead of continuing to push yourself. And that's yeah. something we all have to fight. And not just in where you are now, but in as as humans in general, we have to fight that uh, every single day. Yeah, you know, had you know, like you, I'm a man of faith, I'm a proud Irish Catholic. And, um, I, you know, I think in, in instilled in me growing up was um, we talked about humility and, you know, and, and, and you possess a ton of humility yourself and, and we all should and we all need to be even more humble than, than we are, you know, and, and gratitude is a word we talk to our team about a lot. And I, I've got some weaknesses for sure, but I feel like it, it is a strength of mine um, to have gratitude and, and just appreciation for all of these gifts and, and the fact that. I, I, it started as a kid and maybe it was mom and dad uh, beating it into our heads and some of the great teachers we had and I've worked with, worked for, 
and played for some really good coaches that taught me as much about life as they did basketball. But um, again, this is what we think about gratitude all the time. I know I do. I, I try to instill in, in my kids um, brains and, and their and their behavior um, and, and our guys here on, on campus uh, between the lines that you know, what's, what's your, your why ultimately? We've got this opportunity. We showed up at seven this morning and it was hard. We put them through some hard drills. We did the transition defensive drill disadvantage for about oh, yeah. an hour. You've been there, done it. Oh, man. Right? <laughs> That's we, a fun we, drill. We, <laughs> it's hard and it exposes character and uh, it provides yeah. opportunities for leadership. We've got, Pat, where we call it the feelings drill now because it immediately gets people in their feelings. You know, it's, <laughs> as you can't get out of the drill because you can't get two consecutive perfect stops in a row. And, but you know what? There's a million people around this world that wish they were between these lines this morning at seven o'clock. And it's just a constant reminder of how fortunate we are to be doing what we do. You know, we're healthy. Um, we've got, we've got gifts and we got to utilize them. Man, that's, that's extremely encouraging for me. You know, I, we get, we get so caught into the mirror. We're in such an egocentric, uh, time in, in our in our in our world where everyone is looking at themselves and what they don't have, and it's hilarious. You know, I follow a lot of the uh, life hackers like Dave Asprey or Ben Greek or Greenfield, and you know they do all types of crazy type of things. Whether it's the supplements they take or uh, the lights that they put themselves, the things they put them themselves through, they all agree that the number one life hack is gratitude. Nothing touches your life and changes your life more. And practicing gratitude daily, so I'm I'm so excited to hear that. that. That's awesome. awesome. To put it to your guys. So, um, following a guy like Billy D, uh, what has that been like, and what were some of the hurdles that you feel as though you had to overcome early on? I think the biggest hurdle early, Pat, was um, recruiting. Um, yeah, understanding recruiting at this level. Because even as an assistant at Ole Miss, we, we just weren't recruiting the same type guys um, that the University of Florida recruits. And uh, developing the relationships, fighting for um, consideration and, and, and faith in our program, trying to sell that the program's really healthy. It just, it just took time. You know, it took a year or two or three for – coaches and high school coaches, AU coaches, parents, recruits to watch us play, to, to visit campus, for us to develop relationships by going to see them to where, okay, you know what? Um, yeah, I, I can see myself, you know, sending my son there or, you know, my, my, my player there, what have you, for kids to take the leap of faith on, on the new guy, you know, at, at Florida. Um, it was a little bit shocking because of the admiration and respect that I have for this place and everything that you guys accomplished, I naively thought, man, when I get down there, we're going to get through the press conference. We're going to meet as a staff and we're going to go through the top 50 guys in the country. Right. And we're going to decide the 10 or 12 we're going to chase and we're going to get four or five of those guys. I mean, we struck out on the first hundred guys that we tried to get, you know, that, that whole first class, we should have just moved on to the, the, the junior and sophomore classes, probably the sophomore and freshman classes, because that's when we really started breaking through. Um, thank goodness we were able to get some guys in the meantime that, uh, that did take that leap of faith. And so that, 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 those were the biggest hurdles. And 
you know, the following, um, a legend I, I've always, I just spun it on myself. I've talked about it a lot. Um, as a positive, I mean, I don't think that I would have been really excited for Jeremy to call if Billy hadn't done what he did here. You know, he turned it into one right. of the best jobs in the country. And, and again, right. you know, you, you guys like yourself are sprinting up and down the court and cutting down nets and, and, and getting drafted and so on and so forth. It, it became a, you know, a destination place. And um, so I, it's just, it's become a positive. And, you know, since you get here, it's not like, you know, I imagine that if I, if I were to search Twitter and, and read um, all the people that cover us and um, I, I, you know, I probably could have got caught up into some, oh my goodness, they're saying this, they're saying that. And they, they said, Billy did this. And why doesn't this new staff do that? And I just hadn't paid any attention to any of it. It's just yeah. a complete waste of time. I mean, if you can't control it, and, and, and again, it's, it's probably been a strength of ours as a staff. You're just not going to win that battle. Uh, let's just do the best we can today. Let's grow today. That's our daily goal. Grow, simple. And you can't control that stuff. There's going to be things written about us, and we tell this to our team every single day, that's, um, that's positive that probably shouldn't be quite so positive. And then there's going to be some outlandishly negative things. It, 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 none of that matters. That doesn't control how well we practice today, how we prepare for the next opponent how we're developing as men. And those are yeah. things that we focus on. Gosh, you just, you got into so many things right there. I'm not even sure where, where to hop in first, but I'm going to, I'm going to read you some statistics here, uh, comparing your first five years to coach Donovan's first five years. Uh oh, so far you, you have a 108 and 65, uh, win loss overall, 62% win. Donovan was 102, 56, 64% around the same. In the SEC, 54 and 36 for you, uh, 60% winning percentage. And Donovan, 45 and 35 in his first five seasons, 50%. Among all SEC SEC teams since 2015, Florida has had the toughest overall strength of schedule as well as non-conference strength of schedule. Also, despite the challenging slate the Gators face every year, uh, the, the program rates second in the SEC, according to Kim Pop rating in SEC wins, turning wins, and third overall in wins in the past five seasons. So, looking at these statistics right here, it, it seems as though we are weird. And we, I'm going to say we, because I'm a Gator. I'm, I'm right I, there with you. I love you. You're firing me you know, up, man. We're, we're, we're right there. We're, we're <laughs> you know, from, from being able to be around the team, you, fans, et cetera, uh, the media, everyone seemed to say like there was just we have the, the the roster, we have the coach, we have the fan base. There's just something that we can't get our finger on to to remain and finish some games, uh, to just be able to 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 be exactly you know Gator fans. We we're you're coming from from what Billy Donovan had to do, and and we being a, a school that's so accustomed to winning. Uh, so accustomed to being in the limelight, and we're always competitive. We're always there, but you know, we expect we're expecting to, to cut down some nets. What yeah. do you think that you know coming to this next season um, that you're going to be that's going to change that is going to help the team to be able to put that finger on on, on those things that that seems to be eluding the, the program? Yeah, yeah, we got to take that next step, you know, Pat, and it's a, it's a national championship final four level program. And, and we were knocking on the door there three years ago, of course, up seven at halftime and couldn't hold on. And 
And, you know, last year we thought we had a chance to be that competitive again uh, after coming off a couple tournament um, mini runs, you know, where we advanced. And who knows what could have happened last spring. But in the regular season, I'll be the first to admit, it, it, we, we should have won more games. We just should have. It, it, it took a long time to get it going offensively. And defensively, it was our worst team here in five years. Um, the commitment level on the defensive end um, mixed with the overall – um, level of youth and yeah. you know it, it when asked directly uh, by media last year um, I would talk about youth a little bit and, and sometimes I would bring it up to be dead honest but yeah. I also didn't want it to be a um, an overwhelming theme because I didn't want our guys to have an excuse but we were the youngest team in power conference basketball last season by a landslide by a landslide uh, that said, in addition, and that's according to KenPalm.com, in addition, our lone senior was new in K.J. Blackshear. And then we had two redshirt juniors who were factored into that math who didn't end up playing because they were injury-riddled all season in Gorgia Gak and Dante Bassett. So nine new guys, painfully young, and that led to a lot of the defensive inconsistencies, the lack of chemistry offensively, probably try to utilize too much depth, Shot selection, I've got to prove to coach I can score when I get in the game. Uh, right. it, it, it was just um, a very average streaky team. Um, and how, yeah. do we, how do we get better? You know, hopefully we play much older this year. thought we had a really good practice this morning. We are older. Uh, we, this team still doesn't have a senior. We don't have a senior on this team. But being older, we can't assume that we're going to play older. We've got to play. We've got to make better decisions. We have to understand that the individual stuff, like you guys did, Pat, it'll come if we win. If we win, we will all win. And last year's team, we struggled with that more than any team we've had, um, where it just seems like so much of the external noise um, yeah. eased its way into the locker room. And um, yeah, we, we've just we got to play the right way. Just. Let's simplify it, man. Let's not turn the ball over. Let's take great shots. We call them A shots. A few yeah. less F shots than we took last season. Got to be better in transition defense. I think this team is more physical. Uh, this team is very, very athletic. Um, not quite as oh, yeah. skilled as last team as last year's team. So that's that's you know, if this team maxes out, we can be good. And, and I say that every year. I know people get sick of probably hearing it, but um, I'm a pretty simple guy. Hey, simple is the best way to do it. And um, I want to transition into, you just alluded to it, um, poison, social media. You do, you do a really, really good job of blocking out the external noise. And I know it, it's effect, it affects recruiting, it affects your guys currently. I was even worried about it for, you know, how many teams are, they go back home uh, during the pandemic and they're, you know, the families have the best intentions, but they don't have a, a team mindset. How how do you uh, manage and you as a staff approach? Because I hate I hate to say it, you know, a lot of players get smoke going up their butts coming out of high school. They're the guy, and there don't get me wrong, there are a few guys that are very special that can come into college and they can be that guy. But for the most part, you know, I'm gonna myself. I came into college, a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, you know, kind of young, you know. Top 20 recruit, McDonald's All-American, you know, it's, it's going to be my year. I'm going to give me a starting spot. 
but then there's 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 class, there's um, the study hall. Uh, we you know, freshmen. I'm not sure if you guys do it, but there's a mandatory five hours per week uh, of study hall. Uh, all of the scouting. Goodness gracious, I didn't know anything about all these schemes and plays and getting early, getting there early. Uh, the weight room and, and the seriousness of that. It's, it can be so overwhelming, and yet people tend to, uh, in this day and age, get stuck on the end goal, and they don't realize that the journey to get there is so, so tough. So when you're allowing these outside noises to get in the way of you doing the work and building that foundation for you to be there, you're going to get lost, you're going to get frustrated, uh, there's going to be a disconnect, you're, you're, you're going to miss the opportunity to become who you, become, you want to be. Absolutely. You know, we, we talk about the process that most programs do. I'm sure it's a, it's a, it's a word that it's worn out like culture and, and so many others that we've already <laughs> right. used. But so many guys want to skip steps in that process. And I'm sure you had bumps in the road as I did when I played and, and throughout my coaching career. And, and we all go through it in, in all walks, um, really, and in, in probably in all sports where there's a process that has to take place for you to grow and maximize your potential. And you cannot skip steps. It doesn't matter what Instagram or Twitter says about you. That's not Absolutely. reality. It, you know, sometimes it is. And, and I, and I'm not, I hate to sound negative. I know sometimes when I'm talking to my team about social media, I can come off very negative about, um, about all of it. When, you know, I think there's positives to it too. You know, there, there's, an opportunity for our guys to use their platform, which I think they do in an incredible way. Um, you know, social media, you can learn a lot from, it can be educational, it can be inspirational. Um, uh, sharing information, learn, I mean, I, you could go on and on, but you've gotta be really careful too with, mm -hmm. uh, you said it, Pat, you know, some of these guys on the front end, it's poisonous um, to where guys have to be completely re reprogrammed from the first practice on campus because they've been celebritized, you know, since they're 14, 15 years old and they're told, you, you, you know, you said smoke, um, how good that they are. And, and you have a chance to be good. You know, you were good against that average high school team. You made a lot of mistakes during that game that will, yeah. that will cost us a win at this level. And you were able to get away with it because you were the most talented guy on the floor. And, you know, those are all things that we talk about ad nauseum, as, as I'm sure most staffs in the country. And then, and then I think equally as important is to stay off um, of the social media, especially during the season. I mean, after, oh, after every loss or even if you're supposed to beat a team by 10 and you beat them by three, all the negativity out and all the answers, everyone's got all the answers. You know, there's Everyone always has the answers, yeah. millions, you know, of, of the armchair quarterbacks and point guards and, and coaches out there and, you know, our, our guys, I, I could tell you so many stories uh, without putting our guys' business out there. You know, I, I, I won't. But, you know, I, I've had several kids, coach, I swear I'm off social media. I'm off social media. And then he struggles that night and we're on the bus heading to the plane and he's retweeting positive stuff or negative stuff or responding to something. Like th these kids sometimes will literally Twitter search themselves and it's poisonous. It is a fantasy world. None of that matters. It's, it's not reality. Uh, what's reality is preparing for your next practice, uh, taking Absolutely. film and criticism the right way. Um, it's okay to make mistakes. I know you don't think you made many in high school. You made a million in high school. 
you know, they just didn't result in, you know, in, in, in you losing. So um, I think that that curve and how quickly guys can learn at this level these days, how to deal with that, uh, whether they decide to even deal with it at all, but if they're going to engage in it, how you psychologically overcome it and, and deal with it is a huge factor in individual success, in my opinion. Yeah, I, you know, it's this generation that's coming up in so much uh, interaction with people that don't even know them. I, I don't believe that, okay, can we get up, promote ourselves and build our brand? Yes, but are we to allow the opinions of people that are hundreds and hundreds and thousands of miles away to impact our value and who we are mm -hmm. or the people that see us every day that are our coaching staff that want the best for us no we, we shouldn't we should, should do a much better job and hope these kids can hope uh kids now hope kids that aren't playing sports people in general i, I got the opportunity to watch the uh, documentary the social dilemma and it's just so disheartening uh to see how many uh kids are people in general allow their value and their identity to be you know, pushed by the ebbs and flows of other people's opinions that don't even know them personally off of some comment, off of a number of likes. And it's like, come on, you're so much more than this. Because as we know, people only post the good stuff on Instagram anyway. <laughs> no one's posting and talking about and all this life and these other, they're only posting the highlights. They're not posting the, the mistakes that you're saying. Like, no one's pointing out to the criticism. So a lot of these kids, when they get to college and they have a coach that wants to help them get better in the way that is from criticism and it's not from attack to attack their character or to say that they're a bad player but it's to help them to see that they're blind spots so they can be better more efficient and help the team because at the end of the day i don't care how good you are at scoring if you can't get over a screen if you can't box a guy out if you can't front front of the big guy in the post can't do anything that the coaches is asking you to do set wise why should i put you on the floor <laughs> absolutely absolutely couldn't agree more and and i think it's it's also important to for our guys to understand it's not only what um is posted about them you know and, and, and you talked about like uh you know certain youtube highlight videos or or what have you even our guys having videos um and, and highlights from practice what's posted are the highlights and not the missed free throws and the fouls and the defensive miscues, but, but also what our guys are posting. And you talk about fantasy versus reality, you know, we'll have a guy every so often that we'll check. Um, and I'm not on social media, but my staff does a great job of really uh, closely monitoring everyone on our team. And, and you'll have a guy that, in, in Denver, of course, yeah, he's the best. <laughs> But, but you'll have a guy post something that um, you know, may be educational for young people and it's inspiring and, and, um, or a photo shoot of himself and, and, and it's something that he really wants out there yet he had a really bad practice that afternoon and missed class that morning. You know, let, let's focus on those things. Those yeah. things are more, that's real life. Let's, let's, yeah. That's your future um, and directly correlated to your future. Um, and, and, and the social stuff has got to come behind that. Absolutely. Yeah. When, when the NBA scouts are going to call, they're not going to ask about your photo shoot. They're going to ask about your character. And I know, I know you well enough to know that you're going to be upfront and honest about how this guy was and how this guy wasn't. And that's the way it should be. Why, why would you 
uh, want to tarnish your reputation for someone that couldn't do the simple things that you asked them to do that relate to real life. But um, you just mentioned it. I wanted to, to bring up how have you and your staff approached, I was looking at your social media uh, just for a, for a second before I got to speak with you and um, how have you helped the guys? I know they've, with, with the amount of social injustice and uh, the things that have been coming up, how have you as a staff uh, helped to uh, help the players responsibly get their voices out there and uh, to understand that you know we're not you're not trying to uh, silence them but to, to to do it in the best way and to support them how have you guys approached uh doing allowing the players to voice their opinions yeah simple um conversations with the team listening asking questions first and foremost hey let's let's talk what's important to you guys how do you want to utilize your voice how can i help you um, and with people like Denver, who you mentioned, Denver's been great for our guys and, um, and, and Alicia and our guys have been incredible with wanting to, again, use that platform and express themselves, educate others. Uh, and they've done it at a really high level, uh, led by a couple in, in particular and Scotty Lewis and, and probably Anthony Deruji and um, the rest of our guys, for the most part, have, have really embraced um, their leadership uh, in, in these regards. But um, I mean, we, we all should be doing it. I don't think we're doing anything um, extra special here. You know, all of the student athletes across the country should be able to um, to utilize their platform and, and express themselves. And it's no different here at Florida. Uh, our guys in particular in men's basketball, I think have just done a really good job. And it's been, um, for us, it, it, we've been uh, proud to be, you know, a very small part. Awesome. Um... Thank you for that, Coach. Um, all right, Coach, I want to get into this next question by Super Gator Jerome Millman. Uh, he's speaking about your, our pace of play. Uh, so your pace of play at LaTeX was high energy, fast paced. Uh, do you believe we have the personnel to become and take that same type of approach that was uh, seventh in the nation in turnovers forced, as well as top 10 steals nationally? Do you believe that we finally have that, that personnel to, to push it the way that you did when before you came here? Yeah, good question, Jerome. And, and uh, Pat, you and I both know that, that he is Mr. Gator. He'll pop up on you in any hotel lobby in the country uh, when you least expect it. Um, he travels all over the country supporting us. He's the best. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like the, the our, our lead eight year, I, I thought that we were really quick and really fast and long and athletic and deep and, and we were really old and um, our tempo was pretty good and, and we were able to press and get out and transition. And if you remember uh, Casey Hill and, and Chris Chioza and Kayvon Allen all on, on the court at one time uh, led to a lot of speed as much as anyone in the country. And I'm Ooh. not sure we're quite that fast, but we may be more athletic up front at a couple spots and, and our, our depth athleticism is probably greater um, depending on how many guys we can play. Uh, guys are going to have to earn minutes, of course. But, yeah, um, we're, we're back to, to pressing and, and, um, and running and, and being more up-tempo. Let's go. Obviously, certain teams are going to slow you down a little bit more. And uh, one in particular that I envision early season. Um, and certain teams, you, you, I think we'll be able to get out and, and, and run on more. Um, I feel like we got away a little bit from our, our identity in recruiting. And that's, that is on me. You know, you, you live and you learn and 
um, we're as convicted as ever moving forward to play the way that we want to play. I'm having more fun in practice right now than I've had in a couple of years for sure. I love it. All right, coach, I got a few quick hitters for you as well as, well as a, a story that I'd like for you to, <laughs> to give us. Uh, first one, who is the best noon ball player on the staff? Okay. And, and what former staffer does your squad need now? What former staffer? Um, the best noon ball player, really, I'm the only one left, and we hadn't played in a while. I'm the worst <laughs> player in our program hand. Come on. I'm so bad now. I need like four screens just to get the ball, and then I need another couple screens <laughs> to get a shot off. And my Achilles, with every step, feel like they're about to pop. Uh, I hadn't boxed you out. You can't get hurt. <laughs> I hadn't boxed out in a decade. But the one thing, if you go by like synergy or Ken Palm numbers, I probably have the best efficiency because I win every game because I stack the teams. You know, the best Let's managers go. I'm going to put on my team. And, if, and then I make the, the worst defensive manager guard me. So my percentage is through the roof. And, and our managers are such good kids that sometimes they just let me drive it and go get a layup, you know, for my, <laughs> for my mental health, especially after a loss. It's funny. After a loss <laughs> midseason, I get buckets. I mean, I just – I score my butt off. Uh, so if, – If I ever get a chance, Coach, to come and play a noon ball game, there's no mercy. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, oh, you, I'm, I'm you're going to be that. on my team. You're going to be um, on my oh, team. Oh, yeah. if we're not, I'm sending that thing into, into the floorboards across the other side. You don't have to worry about that because I won't play. <laughs> I'm not on your team. I'm not playing. And then also I'm the best ref. Like, if we're down and we need a call, we're, we might just get a call. If I miss, like, a little floater in the paint, I might call a hand check. <laughs> D- Dusty Mays at FAU, we miss him because he was the greatest wall-up guy of all time. Like, guys would be afraid to drive it on him. I mean, he, <laughs> he would wall you up out of bounds, and then he might call charge on you. <laughs> oh, man, I wish I could see that. This next one's from Jeff Goodman himself. Uh-oh. How do you keep your shirt well, so well tucked in during the games? Your shirt just stays so perfectly tucked in. Like, how do you, how do, you do it? When you said a question from Goodman, I, I should have known he was going to um, I'm, I, I'm not going there. Don't even know how to answer, right? No, it's just tucked in and – I'm, I guess he I'm thinks you're trying, he thinks you're trying, trying to show off a little bit. Are you supposed to untuck it? I don't If so, maybe I'll do that. But I don't want my hey, mom. I don't know. Yeah. I deal enough with my mom post-game phone calls, win or lose, with the utmost concern on the tie I wore rather than how many shots we played or how well we defended. You know, so the, the, unshuck, the untucked shirt might take it to another level. She, she's a mom first before she's, she's oh, a – Oh, goodness. You know, last one, Coach, uh, I, I gave you a little update because I know you needed a, a heads up on this one. Uh, tell me, please, your favorite story working as an assistant to Andy Kennedy, please. You know, I got, I've got hundreds, and, and Pat, you said it. You texted me earlier to make sure it was a PG story. Um, for those of you who don't know Andy, he's the head coach now at, at UAB and had a great run as, as – um, had a great run as a head coach at Ole Miss for a long time. And he's the funniest human being on the planet. If anyone had a chance to watch him uh, do, do games for the SEC Network and ESPN the last couple of years, you, you would know that. Um, I'd go out of my way. To, I, Pat, in scouting, you know, when we're scouting opponents, I'd never listen to the volume. Like th- with, when the commentators are talking about, you know, whatever, giving any type of um, – 
I, I've got instrumental music so I can lock in, right? But when, when a, the last couple of years, when AK was doing games, I had to listen to the volume just to get three or four just laugh out louds during the game. <laughs> Hysterical. Um, I could probably go back to the, the, to the Tad Pad. So, again, I played at Ole Miss, and it was Tad Smith Coliseum is where I played. And I have fond memories of the place, and, and, and we had some good teams there. And it's a great history in that place. But it was really, really outdated, of course, when Andy got the job. And immediately he started calling it the sad pad. I mean, he's, he, he's got 100 new jokes a day. The sad pad, he wanted to start building a new facility before we even coached a game, right? And uh, he, I, I remember we were out at lunch one time, and, and a, a donor walked up or a fan, and, and he had never met Andy, and he said, hey, you know, hey what, what do you think about the, uh, the, the, the tad pad? We're excited to see you out there. We'll see you at the tad pad. Uh, when the season starts and, and AK says to him, he says, well, first off, it's the sad pad. I don't know if you've been there in a while, but that the place is really, really sad. And, and I think it's proof that when they built the thing in the sixties, there were a lot of people in Oxford that were smoking marijuana. I mean, that's, that's how he described <laughs> how the sad pad looked. And then later on that. Just summer, some random person. Just yeah, some random guy. And, He'll say whatever to anybody just to uh, amuse other people and amuse himself. You know, he's hysterical. And then that summer we had a, um, we had an NCAA certified event on our campus at Ole Miss. And we had a, um, a high level recruit from, um, I think his name was Leslie McDonald, if I'm not mistaken, from Memphis, who was getting recruited by Duke in Carolina. And so Coach Krzyzewski flew in, really, literally on our campus. We were recruiting a kid too. And but it was NCAA certified event, and, and he's, uh, he's up in the stands in the sad pad getting ready to recruit, and he's evaluating this kid. And we see a squirrel running around the stands that we had seen a bunch. You know, you, often you would see a squirrel just hopping around the stands in, in, in the tad pad. And uh, he walks over to Coach Krzyzewski, and, and he, says, he says, hey, listen to what I told Coach Krzyzewski when I walked up on him. He said – Coach, I'm not here to pick your brain. I'm here to protect you from the squirrel that's, <laughs> that's running around the stands. I don't want you to get rabies. That's one of his better stories. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's one of the better ones. Yeah, I can only – when I come back to games, I'll need to hear some of the other ones for sure. <laughs> oh, my. He said, he said Coach K didn't know how to respond. Oh, I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. But, uh, Coach White – Thank you so much for your time. Um, I am really looking forward to this upcoming season. I can't wait to see this new look offense, uh, especially this, this team that's gotten a chance to mature a little bit and really get a chance to spend some more time with each other and connecting and just see how they respond uh, with a more grateful attitude coming to the season. Keep bringing that winning energy. Keep being that same everyday guy. Can't wait to see you sometime soon. Likewise, Pat. Appreciate your time, man. Great job. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators.